Welcome back to Real Talk Torah, courtesy of the database with Rabbi Yoshua Eisenberg. For today's issue in Shear, we are going to talk about the mida or the attribute of kaas or anger. Why exactly it is we struggle with kaas? What exactly about kaas or anger makes it such a toxic mida? Is there ever a place for such a mida in Yiddishkeit? And perhaps to offer a Torah approach to management of our chaos, otherwise known as anger management. So there's plenty to talk about. We can go on for hours, perhaps, talking about this subject. But I want to touch on all the important sources that we find, um, the, the Torah sources anyway, on this issue, and hopefully be able to address what we can possibly learn about this Mida, that we can help fight it, and I guess more appropriately manage it, as it is something that seems to be just inevitable that we as humans have to deal with it. But the first source I wanted to point to, and the reason why I'm doing this sheer right now, at the moment of this recording, it's the week of Parshas Matos Masse, we actually find a very fascinating, um, we can call it a montage, almost, of episodes of anger, recorded in Rashi, specifically describing Moshe Rabbeinu. The Chumash tells us when the Bnei Israel, after they win their war against Midian, Moshe Rabbeinu got angry at the Bnei Israel, um, particularly because they spared the women of Midian, which was um, against the instructions, and the women of Midian were uh, the main perpetrators the, the ones who seduced the Bnei Israel to get them to serve Baal Pa'or, and the reason for the plague that struck the Bnei Israel. So the Pasuk says, Vayikitzof Moshe, that Moshe got angry. In the very next paragraph, the Chumash tells us, Vayomer Elazar HaKohen al that Elazar HaKohen, um, he instructed the, the men of the army, and he told them the Chukas Torah pertaining to Hagolas Kalim, the clay Midian, all the halachos of kashering the vessels um, um, that they had won from the war. Now, what is important for us is what Rashi points out right here on this Pasuk, which can be found in Perak Lamed Aleph, Pasuk Chaf Aleph, Vayomer Lazar Kohen Vigomer, says Rashi, Lefisha Ba Moshe Lechlal Kaas, because Moshe came into the category of anger, he came into the category of Taos. He came into this realm. Right? He was in the realm of anger, and therefore he came to the realm of Taos. Taos means error. And what's the nature of that error? The laws of purging non, uh, uh, non-Jewish vessels, right, on the, uh, or vessels belonging to a Gentile, those laws became hidden from him. And similarly you find Bishmini Lamiluim. Rashi does not stop at this episode, but he says that on the eighth day of the Miluin, in Parshas Shmini, the same Lashon of Vayiktsof, that Moshe Rabbeinu um, was wrathful, he came into that realm of anger, he came into the, the category or the realm of error. He, he forgot the halacha in that, in that scene as well. V'chein, and similarly, and perhaps the most famous um, scenario, when he was rebuking the Bnei Israel and said, listen now, O rebels, at the scene of May Meriva, and Moshe struck the rock, because he 
Um, he, but because of anger, ta'a, he erred. Now, this is not, you know, um, uh, you know, regular person reading the psukim saying, hey, Moshe Rabbeinu got angry, or at least, you know, and that, that's how the common man might read the psukim. But it's not just a common man. This is Rashi based on the Sifrei um, in uh, Kufnun Zayin. So the Medrash, however you want to put it, the Medrash describes that Moshe Rabbeinu was what we refer to as in the cloud. He's in the cloud. He's in the realm. He's in the general vicinity of anger, and therefore he messed up. Now, there are a couple of ways we can like look at this. We could, you know, from, from this, again, this montage in Rashi, it almost looks like Moshe Rabbeinu had this, um, this recurring adversary in the Midah of anger. Now, you could, now, before we move any further, this does not mean to suggest that Moshe Rabbeinu had a temper problem or an anger management problem. For all we know, and for all Rashi records, these are the only three times that Moshe Rabbeinu slipped up that he entered Klal Ta'os because he had entered Klal Ka'as, that he was in the realm of error because he got angry. Now, whatever that means on Moshe Rabbeinu's level that he got angry, and whatever it means on his level that he messed up, again, on his exalted level, which we cannot really comprehend, so we don't really know what that means that Moshe Rabbeinu got angry. But he was, in, he was certainly in the Klal of Ka'as, whatever that means. And this Midah of Ka'as, apparently, again, caused him to mess up. And the fact that even if it was only these three times, but if Moshe Rabbeinu's three you know, biggest, um, um, t- um, you know, his mess-ups, his errors, come from anger, that's, that's something that should speak volumes and it's something that should speak to us. And if there's any one single point to this Rashi, it's that we should understand what happens when a person enters the Klal of Ka'as, when he's overtaken or when he's at least in that vicinity of anger, what can possibly go wrong? And in this case, Moshe Rabbeinu had, apparently, whatever it means, he had forgotten laws of the Torah, or he was not in a place where he can properly communicate these mitzvahs of the Torah. And so we find, you know, many places where Chazal talk about how terrible anger is and what it can lead to. And so the, um, and what I wanted to focus on is perhaps there might actually be somewhere in Yiddishkeit, in Torah, there might actually be a place for Ka'as However, before I do, I think it's very important that we acknowledge the Rambam, a very famous Rambam, in Hilchas Deus. In Hilchas Deus, the Rambam talks about temperaments, midos, attributes, all the different things that, that make up you know, the human personality. And the Rambam's general rule in Hilchas Deus is that we want to strike the shvil hazahav, the golden path, the comfortable medium. And he says that this is true for practically all midos except for two, says the Rambam. And I'm pointing this out because what we're going to suggest is not necessarily in line with this famous and very important Rambam. But the Rambam says the two midos that you have to go all the way to the opposite extreme to avoid. And the Rambam, at least according to the Rambam, there seems to be absolutely no place for it. He says ka'as and gaiva. And we can talk for a very long time about both of these midos, and maybe we're, we could argue, or someone might argue, on the contrary, that there is a place for it, right? Maybe maybe not gaiva, right? Being like overly confident and arrogant, but maybe the place for self-worth, that is something that we believe in, yet we also believe in anivos. Now, is there such a thing as being too much of an anav? 
um, or being too modest, maybe being too humble. So we don't really find that so much that that there's a problem with being too humble. You know, the the definition of humble, which is another conversation we can have, is about really understanding your your own stature, understanding your own level, and knowing how to carry yourself the right way. Anyway, but. Um, certainly to think less of yourself than you are, we would not say necessarily, is is appropriate. And there are places to know when to have a certain level of azus. So, so this Rambam does need qualification, and may, or maybe it doesn't. And maybe this is the Rambam's position. However, we're going to see that when it comes to anger as well, you know, is, is it possible? Could we envision a place for it? So the Rambam is, seems to be saying not. The Rambam also talks about, in this halacha, you can look it up. Again, it's in Deos. It's in Perak Bey's Halacha Gimel. So this way you can see exactly what the Rambam says. I can, I can, read, it, I can read it out of the Rambam right for you. Uh, but he, but he, when he talks about it, he even talks about putting on the, um, the facade of anger. He says the only place that you can do that, he says if you're putting on the facade of anger to, um, to de- you know, for example, to strike fear, um, to get, um, for example, children to obey and to learn properly. So he says the only way you can do such a thing is if you're not actually angry. He says, and so meaning to, to even... So, so to start yelling and get and putting on that 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 performance of anger could only be there if you're not actually angry inside your heart. That's the Rambam's position, and and he talks about the most extreme um, portrayal of, of of anger from Chazal that they they say. Someone who gets angry, it's as if he serves idols, he or he serves um, the the worship of stars. That's a reference to Avodazara. Now, I'm not sure exactly which line in Chazal he's quoting. There is a similar line in the Gemara in Shabbos, which we're going to quote in a little bit. But, but, but the reason I'm pointing out that the, the line in, in the Gemara in Shabbos is only similar, not, it's not exactly the same, is that maybe there's room, maybe there is room to qualify what Chazal said and to understand what the place for Kas might be and how we can handle it ourselves. So the, the the reason why I think it's not so simple that according to Kolhadeos, that um, that anger is absolutely toxic and taboo is based on the Gemara, not the Gemara, the Mishnah in Pirkei Avos, in Perak Hey Mishnah Yud Aleph, where the Mishnah describes four deos of an individual of temperament. Talks about a person who's easy to get angry, but also easy to appease. Um, so um, so really, this this is considered. Um, um, so the the mission talks about which one's better is is your is the reward offset or is the benefit offset by the disadvantage or vice versa. So there's the guy who's easy to get angry, easy to be appeased. The guy who's hard to get angry but also hard to appease. Then there's the person who is who is quick to anger and slow to appease. That individual the mission says is a Russia. So apparently, you know, this it's, it's you can't just blame it on. Oh, but this is my emotion. This is how I feel. You're called a Russia. Apparently, there is character refinement and development that you are not doing. You're not working on your midos. If you're quick to get angry and not quick to appease, you have both of those really terrible um, deos, then then you're called a Russia. So this is very important, meaning you can't just say, oh, this is how I feel, apparently. So, so there's that. 
Um, and then, the, then the, the other version, the other extreme, is you're slow to anger and very quick to be appeased. So this apparently is called a chassid. You're slow to anger and you're quick to be appeased. What the Rebbeinu Yonah points out here is it's not that you never get angry. And this is very important. He says the, the, the place, uh, you know, it's, it's not that, that you don't get angry at all. There are very specific places where you get angry. And says the Rebbeinu Yonah, for example, there is a time for anger like by Pinchas. Pinchas, who was a zealot for Hashem, apparently. Now, and if, 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 there, if there's a place where anger might be con- uh, conceivably acceptable, it's when you're angry specifically for Hashem. Not for yourself, not because things didn't go your way and you had certain expectations and you were upset. Maybe you witness such reprehensible behavior that you know what Hashem is against, right? Oh, Hashem sinura. You know, in this word, in this, um, in this uh, uh, series, we've spoken about the place for hatred in Yiddishkeit, which apparently there is. Now, what we're hoping to find right now is whether or not there is a place for anger. And if there is, it's right here, where Pinchas, apparently, Rabbein Yonah says, got angry. We don't have the Lushen of anger. We have the Lushen of kinah, the Lushen of zealousness, or zealotry. And maybe, though, those are connected. It seems from Rabbein Yonah that those are definitely connected. Rabbein Yonah says, you get angry just at those times, and you're very slow to anger when it happens. And you're very quick to be appeased also when it happens. But it's, when it happens, it's for the right reason. And Rabbein Yonah um, says that it doesn't just mean that you know you're um, you're quick to appease that once the anger is over, so then you know you forget about it. It means even at the moment that you are angry, you're quick to appease to snap out of it right then and there. So, what exactly um, are we supposed to do with all of this? Is there anything that we can do to work on ourselves? Is there anything that we can do to to protect ourselves to to fight this battle against against chaos? Is there any kind of an advantage? What, uh, and if there is this place, so what do we do with this? Right, because the Mepharshim also on this mission, Perkyavos, uh, they caution us based on the Gemara in Barachos, um, where it basically says, don't get angry and don't sin. Right? So apparently anger is a catalyst for sin. And why is anger worse than any other midos? Because there are a lot of negative midos. Being a glutton is a bad midos, right? Being, being voracious, being someone who you know, has a, has a lot of desire, someone who's lustful, there are a lot, and someone who's jealous. There are a lot of really bad midos. Apparently, anger is like the worst, uh, next, to ka, uh, next to gaiva. And we can also talk about the connections between gaiva and kaas, right? That a person who's very arrogant is likely to be someone who's going to get really upset and angry at things. So where where is the line, if any? Because Although the Rambam says you have to go to the complete opposite extreme to never get angry, I think for us humans, if we could see that Moshe Rabbeinu can enter B'chlal Ka'as, so certainly we. And, and if, if we can, and if, we, and if it's inevitable that this is an emotion at the very least that we're going to experience, so how then do we cope with that? How can we manage this seemingly unavoidable feeling that we all have? So I want to come back to that Gemara in Shabbos. The Gemara in Shabbos, which... Um, which uh, it's it's on Kuf Hey Amid Beis. That's one hundred five B. The Gemara is, which seems to be at least the starting point for what the Rambam said about um, likening someone who gets angry to someone who serves Avodah So there, the Gemara specifically focuses on someone who tears his clothing out of anger, or breaks utensils in anger, or throws and scatters his money out of anger. He should be considered in your eyes, says the Gemara, like one who worships idolatry. And why specifically? 
Because, says the Gemara, this is the way of the Yetzirah. Today, it says do this, and then the next day it says do that, until ultimately the Yetzirah says, go serve Vodah Zarah. And then the Gemara quotes a, a, quotes a Pasuk in Tehillim, in, in Perak Pechas, which talks about not keeping a foreign god in your midst. So this is, you know, the, the famous source talks about if you, if you thrash in your anger, you know, you do an action out of your anger, right? And it's not, you know, it's, so then that's someone who is like uh, someone who serves idols. And it could be the Rambam, you know, has a certain understanding of this Gemara. It could be the Rambam has another Maimur Chazal, uh, the basis for what he says. And I'm not, you know, suggesting that we shouldn't strive for this Rambam. But in the meantime, we, you know, in our real world where we all feel this emotion, and a lot of the time when we feel this emotion, it's usually too late to do anything about it, right? Because we get angry, then we, you know, we might make the mistake. We certainly, you know, maybe, maybe we certainly can't teach Torah. I mean, a cop done a malamed, right? Someone who's too much of a, so someone who's too impatient, someone gets angry really easily. He can't, he can't possibly teach Torah. So there are certainly a lot of things that you can do, but sometimes you might even make an even bigger mistake. You can cause even more damage. Whatever the problem that happened before that got you to be angry, you can cause more damage by being angry and by acting angry than any problems that, that, that caused the anger in the first place. And I think part of trying to understand how to deal with this mida is understanding just how toxic and bad it is, how much trouble can you get yourself into just because you didn't stop the anger in its tracks. But again, what are you supposed to do when at that time that you are angry, you know, you, you, you kind of lose yourself and you're at a point where it's kind of too late to do anything about it. I, you know, I'd like to believe that it's never really too late, but, you know, it, like when the anger is overtaking you, you're in the circumstance and you can't avoid problematic circumstances forever. There's, there's only so much you can do to prevent what you don't want to happen. Things happen, and things upset us, and things disappoint us, and things get us angry. And sometimes it's the situation, and at that point you have to say, okay, you know, if this is what God decided, maybe you have to work on your amuna and bitachon and say, this is what God did, so I'll do my best not to get angry. But let's say you see negative behavior. You see someone do something really disgusting, really um, hate-worthy, something really, you know, something that's angering, right? So then what? Because they've done something really bad. Maybe they hurt someone that you love. Maybe they hurt you. So what, what, what then do you do when you're in the situation? You haven't, you know, again, it's too late. You're going to try to tackle it head on. You're going to try to not be angry. But I think this is a little bit the secret to the, the answer. That, indeed, when you are in the situation at that point, it might really kind of already be a little bit too late to start taking it on head on. Right, so... Um, in, in this vein, I want to um, actually draw a parallel from something I saw in a book on on classroom management of all things. And there's a book by Harry Wong. It's you know um, you know rec- recommended for the Mechanchim, but a book on classroom management. And they talk about the difference between and the, and the reason I'm drawing this parallel is because we're now we're talking about anger management. When they talk about classroom management, they are very careful to differentiate between classroom management and discipline. Meaning, people think that classroom management and discipline are synonymous. You know, making sure that the kids are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Make sure the students are, you know, if they, if they do the wrong thing, there's going to be a consequence. You know, you react to the, what's going on in the classroom. And so they point out that classroom management is not damage control. Right? Discipline is, is, is damage control. Something happened, I have to do something about it. Classroom management is where you are 
proactively in control. You foresee what's going to happen and you prepare for every circumstance and you create a setting in which you will be able to not just react to everything, but you can oversee. What does a manager do? A manager oversees everything. And, and you could even prevent things. And when things can't be prevented, you know how to deal with it as soon as it happens. And I think the same can be said for anger management. And I think this is almost really the answer to why the Gemara considers one who gets angry as an Oved of Odazara. And it's because it's specifically this problem, that in the moment when you are angry, when something has gotten you angry, you lose yourself. Who is the foreign deity? Who is the Avodazara that you are worshipping when you get angry? When the person gets angry, he is worshipping, he's, he's, he's being controlled by the anger itself. He is not in control of his facets. Ratzon Hashem is not what is governing him, but his anger is governing him. And it's not even going to be helpful. Because even if he expresses that anger to other people and it comes out in the language of anger... The only thing they are going to hear is the anger. They are not going to hear the message that they need to hear. That's why you can't teach Torah when you're angry, because they're not going to hear your instruction, your Torah, your wisdom. They're just going to hear your anger. And if you lose yourself, so you are serving the anger. You are not managing your anger. Your anger is managing you. And what that tells us is that the key, the solution, the you know the the, the magic to being in control to manage the anger is not necessarily to say that I'm never ever going to experience this emotion, but it's to know what to do when you start to experience that emotion. Because chaos is really a fire, right? This is that. That's why, parenthetically, the Zohar in a Chilik Beis I have here in Pei Tessa Amid Beis, the Zohar says the, the famous pasuk regarding Shabbos in Parshas Vayakel Lo Sevaru Eish B'Chol Moshe Vasechem Biyoma Shabbos that you can't kindle a fire on Shabbos. There the Zohar says that even the fire within one's body, i.e. anger, one cannot kindle the fire of anger on Shabbos. Right? So you're not supposed to be angry on Shabbos, which seems to indicate that maybe there's a place for anger other places. I don't know if you can make that implication necessarily, um, but maybe you know there's a, there's a level, a level of a Shabbos violation by getting angry on Shabbos. But the point is that chaos, anger, is a fire. So it's very hard to control when you're there. Right, If you have just a fire, if something is very flammable, and then the fire starts spreading and going all over the place, good luck controlling that fire. But if you have a torch, right, and you know exactly where you're directing that fire, and you're carrying the torch, you're holding the torch, then everything is fine. Now, this is related to a discussion regarding the Avos Nazikin. Right, the uh, the primary categories of damages in uh, financial halacha, in uh, um, the halachos of damages in Nazikin, in Bavakama, so I once saw um, a, a Hasidish drash um, on the four Avos Nazikin in Parshas Mishpatim. I don't remember what Sefer it was from. I once thought it was the Svas Amis, but I've looked it up in the Svas Amis. I couldn't find it. Something that I learned in Yeshiva a bunch of years ago. Um, if someone, it might have been in a Sefer called Karen Ladavid, but if someone's able to, to locate the, this idea, um, I, I would really appreciate it because I really appreciated the idea when I saw it for the first time. I was learning it with, um, with Rev. Eli Marcus Meshkiach from Reshit. Um, but he, uh, the, the, the Sefer was comparing the Avos Nazikin to different things that cause Avera. So, for example, we have Shor, Bor, Mava, and Hevir. So, Shor, something that damages just by walking, 
um, or, or really he talks about um, by, by goring, right? When someone gores, that's kavanasa lahazik. Your, your intention is you want to damage someone. Um, you know, you, I mean, you did it on purpose. Whereas a bore, a pit, techilaso asiasa lanazak, which means that this thing was bound to make a mistake. This thing had no control. It didn't know better. So if a person who doesn't know halachos and he does averos because he doesn't know the halacha, so that's, that's bound to happen from the beginning. Another example, so mave, someone who sins out of lust, right? The, the, the shame. If you do, the, if you do an avera, um, so the, when we talk about mave, that's uh, like an ox, for example, that eats your produce, or it um, rolls around on your produce to get, to get, a, to get hana, or something of, of that nature. Um, which had, um, so without getting into the intricacies, but you can do an avera out of desire. Now, the final one that we're going to talk about is heavier, or ish. The damage of a fire, that's the damage of anger, right? And what is the hallmark of the damage of Aish? If you look in the Gemara there, the Gemara says, There is another force mixed along with the anger. The anger by itself doesn't destroy, right? A fire, just the torch sitting there does not destroy. Usually there's a koach acher mu'urvbo. There's a wind. The wind blows the fire. And if you have a torch with a fire on it, so you have to guard that because if a wind blows that fire and the fire travels, then it damages. So what does this show you? When it comes to anger, anger standing by itself in the torch, and you know, as long as you're holding on to it, it's on the candle, you got it, if you're in control of it and nothing else is, is, is fanning that fire and you're not letting anything get in the way, so maybe that's okay. Maybe. You're in control. Right? Whenever you do something wrong out of your anger, it's usually not just your fault on its own, right? Something made you angry. There was a koach acher mu'urvbo. There was some other force that causes something beyond your control, maybe. You don't control the wind. You don't control the other person's actions. They did something terrible. And yes, I got angry. Yeah, I did something out of my anger, but they started it. They, 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 there was the koach acher. That's not an excuse in Nezikin, and it's not really an excuse when it comes to the Mida of Ka'as either. You have to manage it. You have to be in control of it. You have to foresee, be haroas anolad, to know what is coming. You have to be able to, not, to, to look at life, not have such high and unreasonable expectations, and assume that everything is going to go exactly your way. But be ready for the possibility of things to not go your way and to recognize that no Mido should ever, ever be in control of us. Right? The Ka'as cannot be the thing that manages us. We have to be what manages the Ka'as. That means we have to develop a game plan, not when, in the moment that we're angry. Yes, you know, at the moment you should try your best to not do anything bad, but at that point you're really stuck. you got to just remove yourself from the situation. Walk away if you can or back off. Take a moment. But that's something that you have to meditate on and think about beforehand. If you need to read Igeras HaRamban, you need to look at all the different sources that talk about Ka'as, review this mission of Perkyabos, take a look at the Rambam, see all the sources that are written on this topic, but also think about it beforehand. Situations are going to come up that you will not like. There's no way to get around that. And people will do things that are really disgusting, and there's no way around that. And you, I mean, you could always work on the circumstances as much as, you know, to the best of your ability. But what are you going to do when those things happen? Are you going to drop the ball and create a problem bigger than any of the problems that caused your anger in the first place? Are you going to let the anger manage you? You're going to let the satan be in control, give him the driver's seat? 
Because he doesn't know where he's going. He's just trying, it's a fire. It's going to destroy everything. And if you don't stop that fire in its tracks, if you don't, if you, if you don't, um, ha, you know, if you don't have that fire on a torch where you can manage it, then, then, then you're serving the idols because you're, you know, th- they're definitely not serving you. And I, th- I think this is really what we have to think about. But also, it's, the truth is, this is really the secret to the successes and the failures in Sefer Bamidbar. Right? We hear at the end of Sefer Bamidbar, if you tuned into Parsha Panorama, you heard a little bit more about this. But so many problems came up in Sefer Bamidbar. People being hungry, people being thirsty, people being fatigued, people being fed up, people uh, being afraid. Whatever problems arose, those were, none of those were the actual problems, say for Bamidbar, because all of those problems could have been addressed by the leadership. You know, they weren't avoidable, but they could have been tended to. The one thing that they all should have had control over but did not was their anger, and that was the reason for all the casualties in Sefer Bamidbar, from Korach's rebellion to the Miraglim to the Misonanim to the Mapilim to the Misavim, all the different people that committed Averos and stepped out of line. It didn't have to happen. Moshe Rabbeinu's fall, as well, we see was because of Ka'as. When did things finally go well? At the very end of Sefer Bamidbar. We have Ruvain, Gud, the Benos Tzalafchad, the Bnei Machir, the Bnei Menashe. All of them made requests. They saw problems. Problems did not stop arising. But what did stop was the anger. They knew how to be in control, to calmly approach the leadership, to talk about the problems that they had. And they all walked away getting what they wanted, even if their requests were not necessarily the most ideal. And why? It was because they managed, they, they, they started to regulate their emotions and they knew how to speak the right way. And I think, you know, this is something that, that should speak volumes to us. Whatever, it mean, whatever we need to do beforehand, as we're looking at the situation, as it is arising in front of us, what can we do when, we, when it comes to anger, when it comes to chaos? If we can't go to the opposite extreme like the Rambam cautions, maybe at the very least we will know what is going on in our minds and hearts when we are experiencing this emotion and know how to be on top of it. If we plan ahead, if we plan that at that moment that I'm going to get angry to myself, I'm going to stop, not say anything, count to 10, and then I'm going to react. Right, but the, the anger should not come out and speak for us. If you want to express how upset you are, what you can do, maybe, is to not ever let your anger do the talking. If you are upset, let's see if we can communicate the anger, not through the voice of anger, but through a description of the things that are causing you to have the feelings that you are feeling. If you're in a classroom, if you're talking to your kids, if you're talking to your spouse, whoever it may be, don't let the anger do the talking. Tell them with your words that you are angry or very upset. And once you are communicating it, you know what you are demonstrating? That you are not a Baal Kas, but you are a Baal over your Kas. You are, you are managing the anger. You're, you're, when someone's not managing, it means they don't have control. But if you are managing it, you're not worshiping it, then, then you know, you're not only communicating your feelings in a way that's effective, but you're doing it in a way that's managing and not, not falling into this, this bog of Avodazara, a fire that's beyond your control, a foreign god. And hopefully we, you know, we can do some more research on the topic maybe for ourselves, even if you want to go into, you know, um, to seek um, a professional who can give you advice on this. But these are just some of the Torah sources, hopefully a Torah approach to this concept of, of anger management, or at least working on this nida of kas. And hopefully that's something that 
um, we can all gain from and think about more and work on. And Bezrat Hashem to be successful, not just in the efforts of managing anger in the circumstances that we don't like, that are not pleasant to us, but we should be zocha to even better circumstances where we have to exercise, where we don't have to exercise this as much. Okay, anyway, that's all the time we have left for this Real Talk Torah. So in the meantime, keep it real, keep talking, and most importantly, always keep the Torah. Thank you for joining us here at The Database.